Hey guys, welcome to the Food Flow Podcast, dedicated to the in-depth exploration of the beautiful world of food. My name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com, and I am joined here today by the online sensation, food blogger, photographer, and healthy recipe developer, Haley Davis from brewinghappiness.com. Haley, great to have you here today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So um, we're going to kind of get into Haley's own journey as a food blogger, some of the tips and tricks, the lessons that she's learned. But before we do that, Haley, can you just kind of tell us your food story, how you ended up food blogging? Oh, geez. Sure. I um, basically wasn't supposed to have this career. (laughs) (laughs) I went to school for acting, and that was what I thought I wanted to do my whole life. And in my last year of school, I was sort of simultaneously falling out of love with acting. And at the same time, I started brewing happiness sort of as a hobby. And the two worlds sort of intersected at some point. One faded out and one faded And I became a food blogger professionally. So it sort of happened out of nothing and out of everything. And I've really felt that it's the right thing in my life. Um, and it's been a really cool journey. Yeah. And how, and how, how long has, has the Brewing Happiness been going on then? It's been about a year and a half, getting close to two years. Okay. And I guess one of the things, I guess anyone who's uh, familiar with your site maybe noticed it, but uh, it's kind of unique that um, in the world of food today where everything is uh, kind of polarized, you take kind of a loose approach to it, but uh, that's not necessarily always the case. You weren't, um, it was a little more diet specific in the beginning. Is that right? Yeah. So in the beginning, I started it as a vegan, gluten-free, and refined sugar-free blog. And that was basically based on mimicking my lifestyle at the time. Um, Somewhere along the way, my lifestyle changed. And so then my approach to food changed. And with it, the blog took form into what it is today. And I think it's generally a more it's more authentic to me, but it's also, I think, um, a more authentic approach to food. And I think people are drawn to that. Yeah. So you have, so you have had, I mean, a good response. You didn't, uh, I mean, the people who were already on board with the blog, they were, um, they took your transition well. Yeah. You know, there was a little blowback. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, got a, like, I think the first time I posted a picture of, an egg on my Instagram. <laughs> I got like some expletives from people in the comments. So yep, yep. yeah, it happens. But you know, you take the good with the bad and like any press is good press. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's the approach. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely found it to be the, uh, the looseness of it. It's, it's, it's very refreshing. I, 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 I like that about your blog. <laughs> Thank you. And so your, your current, your kind of your project, your online, uh, the movement you have going right now, celebrate healthy or hashtag celebrate healthier what uh, what is that what's the what's the goal with that right so the idea of celebrating healthier meaning not just celebrating this ideal of health because I think for a long time that's sort of where I got caught up in in that I wasn't being perfect in my goal of health and therefore I wasn't healthy and that sort of became an obsessive thought So the idea of celebrating healthier means we're celebrating all the little steps and knowing that all those little steps do equal health. You know, simple switches in our diets, 
the choice, you know, one day to eat a salad instead of eating a burger and then knowing that it's okay to eat a burger if you want to or, you know, whatever it is, french fries or yeah, not not mentally not mentally attacking yourself for breaking a little rule, right? Exactly, all the time. And I think even having that grace for ourselves, that's healthy. That's being mentally healthy. And I think, you know, when people think of health, they forget to think that mental health is a part of it too. Um, it's not just like the food we're putting in our bodies, but it's the stress we put on ourselves. It's, you know, the amount of guilt we feel over food, which I think in our culture... There's a ton of that. There's a ton of food guilt. And that's that's unhealthy. That's not being healthy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think you're right. I think, the, you know, uh, refined sugar could be bad for digestion, but certainly stress is, you know, physically hard on your digestion as well. And that, that aspect, I think a lot of people forget. You're right. Totally, yeah. So it's finding balance between the two, knowing that, you know, refined sugar isn't good for you, but neither is stress. So <laughs> like if, if you need a candy bar at the end of a hard day, like breathe and let yourself have that. <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, AJ Jacobs in his book, Drop Dead Healthy. I remember he's telling a story, and he's talking about trying to find that balance between eating healthy, but not being like the person at the birthday party in the corner eating kale chips and hating everyone. <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> so that balance. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. So kind of getting into um your the lessons you've learned as a food blogger, you know, what would you have to say, I guess for someone starting out, kind of what are the most important things early on? Maybe what would you have like someone to tell you when you first started out? Oh, there's so many answers to that question. I think First and foremost, it's be authentic. It's really find what resonates with you for food and tell that story because I think people connect most with authenticity. Um, And I think, you know, there's a lot of flashiness, I think, in in anything in our culture, but especially in the blogging world, you think it's a very glamorous life, but that's totally just one aspect of whoever's life it is, you know? So you're, you, I think, I think when starting out, people imagine that blogging is this glamorous thing when really, you know, for a couple, well, at least for a year I was working over full-time hours and getting paid nothing (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's not uh you're not gonna immediately be making money um it's not glamorous but if you love it then it's totally worth it it's totally totally worth it but um I think starting out coming from an authentic place figuring out what you're good at whether it's like recipe development or photography or storytelling and really honing in on that Um, And then I think from there, you know, figuring out who your audience is, who's responding well to what you are writing or doing or developing and then really catering to that audience. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think and I I like I like what you what you mentioned there about the fact that early on in it, it is a it's a full time job that you're not being compensated for. So if you don't, if you're not driven by that passion side of it, if it's not what you love, then um, it's gonna be hard to be motivated to (laughs) put in hours, I guess, right? Totally. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not glitz and glam. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, and uh, and what would you say as, as far as the like mistakes? I mean, what would you say either maybe some of the ones you made or maybe that you see other people with food blogging? Maybe I mean, is it that authenticity that they're maybe they're trying to be something they're not or? Um, kind of. I think I have two two distinct answers to that. One short and simple is when I started out blogging, it was a hobby. It wasn't what I thought of as a career, but in that I did not think at all about SEO, which is basically how Google will rank your site. (laughs) Um, So essentially for like a year, I just kind of trashed that and didn't think about it. So now I'm sort of having to like go back and backlog everything. So if you start out with a food blog, my advice is think about SEO. If you ever imagine in any capacity that it could turn into a career for you. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details of like how to do that because it's like, you know, kind of mind blowing to me, but like, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, go- Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, being Google strong. I mean, it's uh, that's that's the reality we live in. If you're not on the first page of Google, you you really don't exist. But totally. <laughs> but that makes sense, though. So I mean, I mean, if you know, doing it early on so that you don't have to go back and and fix or and cover your track, you do things differently. Yeah, I would say the other major thing or mistake that I wouldn't say it was a mistake. I'm glad it happened because it got me to where I am. But I think in the very beginning. I was very much making um, a blog essentially where the target audience was myself. I was sort of working through, I didn't know it at the time, but I was working through food issues that I had um, through this blog. And it, be- it really, for me, became um, successful and became a business when I realized that I had to start catering to um, an audience, to someone else, figuring out what my message is, who I was providing recipes to, what kind of recipes those people wanted. And that was when it really kind of took form into what it is today. Okay. And that and that sounds almost like a, a transition from your own digital, like a public diary into more of a a realm for you to you're sharing information that other people are kind of looking for you're kind of helping them more is that is that kind of yeah yeah. absolutely yeah becoming a resource i think yeah interesting that makes sense well and i guess i guess the uh the million dollar question and you kind of touched on it with the seo and the google side but as far as exposure i mean whether it's someone getting into it or it's someone who's already in it who just feels like they can't get their voice heard i mean what are obviously social media is important but is there anything specific that stands out that really matters i think it's connections it's connecting with people um for me i worked really hard um, at becoming close with food bloggers in my area. Um, and I think that's important. I think it's good in any uh, business field, but especially in the blogging world, to hold each other up and to support each other and to share each other's work. And I think that you know can bolster not only friendships, but um, you can get a lot of exposure from that. And it's a really authentic and genuine way to do that. Um, so I guess that would be my approach to it. It's not everyone's, but yeah, that makes, that makes sense though. That, uh, I mean, there, there's definitely a community of those people out there. So if you, 
start connecting with them. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, so I guess I guess the the other question, I mean, my own personal question is when I see uh the things on your blog and other food blogs is the inspiration. What's uh where does the where are you getting these ideas from? <laughs> yeah, I I have a crazy brain. I'll say that. <laughs> it's always going. But I think some of it comes from the fact that I was born and raised in the South in a very, you know, unhealthy world where you can go through a drive through and buy things that are called corn nuggets, which is like a <laughs> fried pocket of corn. And like that was one of my favorite things as a kid. That's disgusting. Um, but <laughs> so, so like that existed in my world. And then I moved to Southern California and lived in like the health craze and became the girl who did like three day juice cleanses. <laughs> So somewhere very extremes. Yeah, you've been, you've really been in both extremes, right? huh? <laughs> yeah. So my style and my inspiration kind of comes b- from combining the two. So I kind of always think like, oh, what dish did I love as a kid that's like awful for you and how can I make it better? How can I still eat it now and not like feel like I'm going to die soon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's sort of where I get my inspiration. But I also, I think it's great to, I try to be very um, seasonally inspired, like going into the grocery store, seeing what's in season, and then kind of like living with that, you generally like produce for a while and seeing what it would pair best with. And, And then I always end up thinking to myself like, oh, this would pair well with this, but someone's probably already done that. So how can I make it different? Yeah, how can you set yourself apart? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I, I There's no one place that I get okay. inspiration from. It's kind of from everywhere. Well, that, that, that background, though, of the, the two extremes that you had experienced, and that, that's, uh, that's interesting, though, and I, and I like that about your, what's it, the, the pop-up for the newsletter, it says, like, healthified, 100% healthified, pointing yeah. to the stack of pancakes, and I like that idea, because I feel like a lot of people get into the, like, realm of food, and they're like, okay, what sort of salad should I make, because I'm being healthy, and they forget that, you know, a lot of traditional foods could be made in a way that is healthy, I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. I always... So I talked about, you know, reassessing my target audience. And now, to me, I always think my target audience is my father, who is um, a good old Southern boy, born and raised in the (laughs) same town. You know, like, his mother made all of the buttery Paula Deen sort of recipes his whole life, and that's what he loves. So I always try to think, like, can I get my dad to eat this recipe? Like, can I make it look good enough and like just slightly unhealthy enough that he'll eat it, but really like secretly it's healthy. Secretly, secretly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's a good, that's a good target though. I like that. That's straddling that fence trying to find uh... (laughs) a, yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, What about as far as, uh, other i mean is there is there blogs or maybe cookbooks or resources like that that whether you were turning to early on or still use that you find yourself uh going back to oh gosh yeah i mean i probably daily look at 30 to 40 blogs really so yeah oh my goodness i um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's commitment 
Um, I keep up. I do you know what blog loving is? I'm sure you do. Yeah. It's a website that you can essentially subscribe to a bunch of blogs, and then they send you a daily email of what's new. Um, whatever gets published in that morning. So I get that email in the morning and then I go to every blog and I, you know, check out what's new for them. So I try to stay up to date with what other people are doing. Um, and I, I also think it's good to, you know, you get inspired by things that people are making and um, the creative ways that they're, you know, dealing with seasonal produce or whatever it is. Yeah, and kind of kind of scoping the competition too, making making sure no one's website's looking any more clean than yours, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not too competitive in this realm. Okay, but. okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. You just had talked about the collaboration part and teaming up with people, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far anything, any uh, any cookbooks, I'm always curious about that. I mean, are cookbooks on anyone's radar that's in this new uh, realm of food? I think so. Um. I mean, there's a lot of bloggers who have cookbooks that I really love. Let's see, specifically. Um, there's a blog called Green Kitchen Stories that have, I mean, gorgeous cookbooks. Um, oh, I think okay. they have two. I, I don't know. There's, like, tons of blogs. And I try to keep up with cookbooks uh, for uh, bloggers now because I do think – there's something really magical about having printed recipes in front of you and printed photographs. Maybe I'm just, you know, no, there's know, some, yeah, there's something. No, <laughs> I think I think there's something something about that that uh, the tangible feel of uh of, of paper too. I think you're right. And you yeah. and you have uh is your is your your book is just an ebook that you have right now? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's an ebook that you can get if you just subscribe to my newsletter now. Um, you get it for free. It was fun. It was definitely like a learning process in that. And I hope my goal is in the next three years to have a cookbook. So so watch out for that. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, totally. So before we uh, kind of wrapping things up here, um, I got to know the one question I've always got to ask people in your position. Obviously, I see a very specific part of your diet in your own kitchen. But what's it What's it look like when the camera's not around? What is an average plate of food for you? Oh, gosh. Um, so hard to say. I eat a lot of leftovers because I try not to waste food. <laughs> So breakfast, I'm a very consistent person. I generally have like a yogurt and granola and fruit bowl because okay. that's like the meal I can count on in the day. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, I'm generally like recipe developing or whatever. So I'll eat whatever I made that day. And then dinner is maybe leftovers or like, honestly, I get so lazy that I've been known to eat like you know dry toast and <laughs> like anything it's bad yeah it's so it's super boring nothing fun well, <laughs> well i guess i mean but if, i mean you're i mean currently you're on the you're on the recipe grind i mean it's a daily thing is that is that right or what is oh, your yeah totally and um you know even behind the scenes like things that aren't going in the blog i'm shooting for other companies and things like that so i have sort of like a plethora of food in my fridge that needs eating. So yep, yep, whatever yep. it is, I got to eat it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. No, it's totally not. <laughs> I say that like 
like it's a bad thing, but it's totally not. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny to think about. Everyone's always like, "Wow, she must eat like such good food all the time." But in the back of my head, like I've I've shot food before, and it, I assume that most of those meals are going cold before you even get to enjoy them, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're good cold too, right? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how it goes, though. Um, anyway, I think uh, that's about, about all the time we got here today. It was great talking with you, Haley. If you guys are interested in checking out some of her recipes, uh, her ebook, or just looking at the awesome photos she has, her website, again, is brewinghappiness.com. Haley, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. And my name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com. Stay tuned for more Food Flow podcasts. We're going to be checking out everything from nutrition to agriculture. It's going to be awesome. See you guys next time.